LegalizeFreedom.com Why are we here? Where do we come from? Where are we going? From the nature of reality to the future of humanity. Listen without limits. Unchain your brain. Change your thinking. Change your life. LegalizeFreedom.com Greetings and welcome once again to LegalizeFreedom.com. I'm your host Greg Moffat and today we present part two with Colin E. Davis and Melissa Murray discussing the 2020 coronavirus crisis. In this two-part show, we examine some of the inconsistencies surrounding the official story about so-called COVID-19 and the deeper psycho-spiritual dimensions of the virus. Beyond government propaganda, mass media manipulation and the deadliest pandemic of all, fear, the key to the current crisis lies hidden in the deepest recesses of the human psyche. Despite the promise and potential embodied in the secular religions of science and progress, it is clear that we've entered the 21st century profoundly disconnected from each other, from the natural world, and ultimately from ourselves. This separation has spawned a deadly psycho-spiritual sickness, largely unacknowledged, which manifests itself as dysfunction, destruction and decay in the outer world. The coronavirus crisis is holding up a mirror so that humanity may see its own shadow, face its fears and seize the challenge of this moment as an opportunity to evolve or die. To move things on a little bit, I just recently released a show with uh, Mark Stavish and that was entitled uh, Coronavirus Crisis Perception and Deception. And I think it would make a very good companion piece with this or vice versa. Mm. So um, I think if people have listened to this and not the former, they'd like to do that and, you know, vice versa. But for my part, a lot of what goes on, a lot of our behavior as a species on the planet and a lot of the problems that we're into, increasingly so, are founded in a fundamental misapprehension, a misunderstanding of who we are, our place on the earth, our place in the universe, and our conception of reality as such. And that is where we're going wrong, basically. So we have this particular materialist view of the universe, which is like matter is all that matters, and that what you see and absorb with your five senses is all there is. When you die, there is nothing. All of these other popular tropes that most people in the West and other industrialized civilizations live by, and increasing numbers of people in the developing world who are buying into like, you know, consumerism and materialism, they're increasingly coming around to that way of living. And that is the root source of so many of our problems. And you mentioned a moment ago there about the elite not re- really being conscious actors for the most part. So whether that's where you want to start or however you want to get into the psychology and the deeper dimensions of all this, I'll leave it up to you guys how you want to approach this. But I think that's where we should go now, because as I said in the Mark Stavish interview, without this deeper understanding of reality, of of what appears to be reality anywhere, of what's going on, at least a deeper understanding of what drives us, you know, what motivates us. 
at the deepest levels, then what's playing out in what you call the movie, what's playing out on the surface will remain completely baffling, completely bizarre and absolutely impossible to understand. Yeah, what would what would it mean to you, Greg? I mean, if you had a dream um where where everyone suddenly was was wearing these masks and was afraid to to get around each other and um and and when they talked, you couldn't hear their voices. They were muffled and um they had fear in their eyes and um and they were saying the virus is here, the virus is here. I mean, how how might you interpret that? Like, uh, I, I'd say it's a metaphor for contemporary society. We're afraid of our, we're afraid of ourselves. We're afraid of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, we're worried about catching something, getting something. You know, we're detached from nature. Everything's dirty. You know, right? Uh, you know, soil is is filth, is dirt. You know, we have to bleach everything. Um, our right. f- our food comes wrapped in plastic. Uh, people don't right. know, people don't know where their food comes from. They don't know how to grow it. Uh, we're, right. we're repulsed by our bodily functions. Uh, all of these, it's, it's body, it's body horror. We're, 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 uh, we are not at home in our own bodies. In fact, uh, a former guest of mine, Jason Horsley, has, has written and spoken about this extensively. Um, he feels, um, I'm paraphrasing him here, but th- that our consciousness has never fully taken its place in our bodies never fully arrived here mm. and this is part of the reason why we seem so uneasy in our bodies and as a species we seem and many people have said this over the millennia we seem are sort of uncomfortable on the planet you know like where they we seem to be the only species here that are awkward or certainly in our current incarnation you know we seem very awkward on, on the earth i would say that some of that is from um, ancestral trauma that is in our cellular makeup. And this is what we've been working on in our own uh, process of individuation is finding uh, those areas in our own ancestry uh, and our own lives where we have this our own uh parasitic operations going on um which lead to uh basic codes in in my own self it would be a code of abandonment which came from my grandfather on, on my father's side coming over to the united states as a child like an eight-year-old child, he left his fam- family in Moldavia a- as a Jew, came over here alone, was quarantined in Germany uh, around the First World War, um, and then ended up in the United States. But he was abandoned. My grandmother on my uh, my mother's side was in an orphanage. Now, my... My life has not been that traumatic, though my mother was mentally ill, schizophrenic, and I had to leave home at a very young age. But this trauma is stored in my consciousness, in my cells. And what I found, and it started with my cancer, um, when I started to heal myself of the cancer, is I, I had this epiphany that I would have to go into my DNA itself 
to really be able to heal. And I feel like uh, culturally, um, a lot of us have certain codes that have been passed on, and you can look at these as cultural codes like the patriarchy and the, the, the expansion of, of the global uh, takeover of all these uh, indigenous populations. You can look at it like that. Um, you can look at it as as the earth itself of destroying the 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 planet where our our cells and our flesh come from mm-hmm. um you can look at these in multiple ways but as a on an individual level um this gets into what you can do is you can start to find out what your own individual trauma codes are and start to work with those because I think what you're saying about the separation I see this in in millennials and younger people they've totally been abandoned by their parents who were working full-time they grew up in daycare they were thrown into these schools that indoctrinate you um, there's there's just this this separation, a lack of intimacy. I also see that in like people now date online. They don't meet and it face to face. Yeah, and the whole thing about how that we can't get together now and, 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 and we're not going to be able to go to live music events and all this because of the virus. It's I just, mean, they actually canceled the biggest music festivals all over the world. You know, you know this because you're involved in it there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's horrendous. So it's like what I'm taking, Melissa, from what you're saying there is is that you're going back into the into the trauma aspect, and this is this is an aspect of our shadows, right? And and we used to use the word the virus to basically mean uh, the active component of the human shadow, the communicable active component of the human shadow. And when when you're holding on to a bunch of trauma, when you're holding on to a bunch of shadow material, a bunch of, of rage, of grief, of guilt, and all of this, then basically what happens is it becomes a power source for for your neuroses, for your complexes. And to me, everybody, the dream of everybody walking around with the, with the medical masks on, it says, it's saying, we're all sick. Yeah. We're all sick. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we're afraid to, to touch dirty stuff. We're afraid to get dirty. We're, and, and, and everything that you said earlier about what it meant to you, Greg, but it's like, it's, and we've been saying over and over again, and more and more people have been saying this. I mean, Jung was saying this constantly. You've got to get into your shadow material. You've got to integrate all this old junk. It wasn't necessarily in his time um, pinpointed as the remnants of intergenerational trauma, which is now being brought up as that sort of a common source. Gabor Mate is like... Yeah, Gabor Mate is really on that. This common source for a lot of our shadow material um but it's like um we 
it, it's this is you know this is what Jung was saying, and what we've been saying is is that, and what a lot of Jungians have said, that the good Jungians, and is that you've got to get into this shadow material. This is communicable, viral uh, material of the psyche, and it infects everything. It goes into your friends, your family, all of culture, and um, and you have a cognitive dissonance between your ego and your shadow material, and you have got to start bringing that shadow material into consciousness so that you can basically inoculate yourself from the destructive corrosive effects of this shadow material and and we've been saying if we don't become conscious of the fact that we're all just pushing around all of this 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 destructiveness this rage this guilt this grief which becomes these big cultural complexes it becomes these big memes uh cultural memes if if we don't become aware of this, we're going to tear each other apart. And now this virus thing comes up, which is just saying, it's just look at this stuff. Look at your shadow. Look at your toxicity. Mm-hmm. Start to take responsibility what for it. What are they talking about in alternative uh, views? Build your immune system. Yeah. That's how you withstand and, viruses. And, and, and notice that the human viruses... They don't tell you to strengthen your immune system. They don't tell you about nutrition. They don't tell you about exercise. They want you obese. They want you helpless. They want you to be able to keep passing on the shadow infection, right? right? And this is, of course, unconscious for the most part in, in, in everyone. Right. But so to, to us, this looks like a massive wake up call. And I mean, if, if you don't, if you're, if everybody's watching this whole thing, and if this isn't a wake-up call to get healthy, to start eating better, to start exercising, to start bringing yourself back into total health, and if you're at that level, then you can start doing the more deeper psychological shadow yeah, work. Because um, that's the first step, actually, in doing shadow work is to do um, is is, per, is basic personal health. Right. You're not yeah. going to be doing shadow work like stuffing Twinkies into your face, are you? Know, no. No. <laughs> no. 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 That's it's completely uh, out of their range. It's about people. it's about refinement, refinement physically, mentally, spiritually. It's it's alchemy. Yeah, yeah and, and and that's one other quick thing before we move on, Greg. Is is that is that ultimately. You know, what all this means and what do we take from all this and where do we go from here and these kind of big questions. Ultimately, there isn't a single answer that any of us can come up with that just applies to all of us because if the ultimate trip here is the alchemical process, it is the individuation, whether it is the person, the the, the, the me Colin Davis doing personal individuation or whether it is the human race engaged in a long-term individuation process. What matters is that, at least at the individual level, what matters is that the individual start to take responsibility for their own individuation and start to go on that hero's journey, go on that grail quest and 
first go through the, the shadow material. That's the first part of alchemy. It's the negrito stage. It's the dark night of the soul. It's the, it's the putrefaction. It's the blackening. It's the, it's the, it's the yucky stuff. You got to go through your own crap. And, um, you got to pull it apart and you got to say, what is this? It's kind of like, sticking a stick into feces and going what little pathogens are inside of here that's that's the first step that's why being red pilled or looking at the cultural shadow can be a good initiation into your individual shadow because we have found that people who have not looked into the corruption and the dark nature of our culture and right. politics and mm-hmm. some of these false flag operations. If they're not able to look at that and start to take that apart, then when you start to go into your own in- internal state and you start to find all these creepy crawlers yeah. and all these, uh, you know, parts your, yeah, of yourself yeah, parts. that are difficult because everything that were, uh, that that repulses us out in the outer world is part of our internal state. That's it's a mirror of something going on inside of us. Yeah, so if you can't start to take apart that, then when you really realize the nature of the game is that everything external in the outer movie is a reflection of processes in your own individual state, Right. you're going to have a difficult time. Yeah, so that, so, so, so what really matters is doing the work on yourself. And then what you will ultimately end up doing is you will come to your own conclusions. You will come to a new, you will start to, um, generate a, a new, more flexible belief system for yourself. Um, you'll start to put together Basically, you'll start rewriting your own operating system that works for you, for your body, for whatever your, uh, what we call life art is. And that's the process. It really doesn't matter what the world concludes, what all the little tissue cells and fat cells of humanity out there are doing, what all those little swimmers are doing swimming around in the big body politic it doesn't really matter what they're doing what really matters is what are you here to do what are you doing do you have an operating system that is robust enough to to do what you need to do and to um be able to be safe from whatever viral operations you come in contact with and you need to develop that operating system of psyche for yourself and right. do what you're here to do. And so y- y- what what all this means will be unique to you. And it just goes, that's why Jung called the alchemical process individuation. Right. You are becoming, through doing alchemy on yourself, you are becoming a true individual. And then at the at there is, though, the true individual is always a reflection of the greater universe and the more true you are the more purified you are the more basically you stand in truth with the universe right you one of our main tenets for our own individuation is a hundred percent 
personal responsibility and 100% transparency in everything that we do. Not just responsibility for what you do, but responsibility for what happens to you. That too, yes. That's the ultimate. Take 100% responsibility for your own thoughts, your own feelings, your own actions, and for everything that happens to you in life. You are ultimately the creator of it all. Right. Yeah, Yeah. that's where this is going. We are all connected. There is a greater game. Um, you've done some great interviews with Anthony Peake, and he starts to get into the nature of the simulation yeah. it, itself. Yeah. I recommend people watch, uh, listen yeah, we to Yeah, we enjoyed those, yeah, yeah, definitely. As much as we are all part of, like, almost one entity in a way, one mind, however you want to put it, there's many people have theorized uh, down the ages that one of the reasons that we've incarnated at this time in the way that we have as apparent individuals is because that in itself, that separation is a part ultimately is it's like a, a new form of exploration. It's like literally in some kind of, you know, adventure or mystery movie. It's like mm-hmm. split up guys will cover more ground if we do that, you know, and then split up will cover more ground and I'll meet you back here later. So almost like that idea of that we're individual individuated units of consciousness part of the universe becoming aware of itself like the yep. like the collective had to somehow split and atomize like this in order yeah. to take another it was part of another exploratory evolutionary step um so, this is the duality program we're in greg this yes. is the duality meta program we're all in of the individual and the collective the one and the many and the one becomes many which become one, which become many, which become one, which become many. And it's this continual uh, ebbing and flowing. Uh, this uh, I like Ken Wilber's word, holarchy. Everything is a collective. And then when you go inside the collective, you can see that it's made of individuals. And then you go inside any of those individuals and you find every one of those is a is an individual and a collective at once. And this is the duality metaprogram that we're in, the O-1 experience. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And uh, you can also look at it in terms of the cells in your body and the operation of of thousands and thousands of stack technology in your cell structure, in your organs, all working together, but being individual cells. So this is how we're operating in our psyches. The whole thing of getting all afraid of a coal virus and all of this stuff, it's like once you realize that you are whatever it is, 17, 18 billion years of stacked technology just working just from the subatomic to the atomic to the molecular to the uh, cellular and all of this and to the physiology and your psyche and all of just, just working just absolutely perfectly and to think that you need to be afraid of anything. The question should not be, what what do I need to fear? But it's a question that should be of, of, what can I do next with all of this incredible technology? What am I here to do? Because it's a miracle that all of this is working together. You must be like some kind of a god. Yeah. So I mean, what can you do? And you can start to see, you know, that there's humans on this planet that have quote-unquote superhuman potential 
you know, regulating your own temperature. Um, Long periods of time without food. Yeah, I whatever. mean, there's just the, potential. the potentiality of what we are as a human has not even no. started. And, and then the whole thing of the... Um, we, we need to, uh, you know, Going. become cyborgs and all of this to expand humanity. When meanwhile, we've just barely even touched what our what our psychic potential is. Yeah, I think. I mean, that the, the transhumanist thing, which is what you're alluding to, uh, for me, yeah. as kind of interesting as some of those avenues of development are, the the drive, the the sort of anti-human drive behind that. Uh, they they say it's not it's you know it's it's post-human it's literally it's transhuman it's better than human it's more than human or whatever, but it's it's rooted in in a fear of death at the end of the day and it's it the idea that when your body dies that you're completely annihilated and that those things that are not you anyway such as your memories and your emotions and somehow they'll all be gone and therefore you will be gone and the idea that this temporary like a ripple in a stream you know this temporary manifestation that that was you that you that you felt as a self is some was somehow destined to be you know is is somehow not part of the of the stream you know it bubbles up from the stream and goes back into it again and this is what we actually see when we go down to the lowest um the deepest levels of reality that we can currently explore you know the sort of the quantum level we literally see that happening we see swirling chaos and we see order temporarily emerging from it and then sinking back into chaos again so, and that's what our lives are in a way on, you know. Yeah, that's all one experience. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, the, the ego is, uh, the part of us that thinks those things is part of the problem because we've developed the mind so well, uh, in our system. Uh, we call it third circuit. Yeah. Um, which is the eight circuit model, right. uh, Rob. Robert Anton uh, Wilson and uh, Antarali and Timothy Leary's yeah, that, model. Yeah, right. Um, so we've developed the mind so much that the mind itself uh, makes us hold on to this life and death kind of a situation. But if you zoom out into what we call the zero, or it's more of a feminine experience it's more the experience of the spaciousness of kind of uh what quantum physics is like before you before you think yeah the the thing the thing that which is between the thoughts the thoughts that which is um between uh points of matter Right. The zero, the connecting force. Right. Right. So as we develop that, and we get control over our mind, and all sorts of mindfulness practices are available for people. Oh, yeah. Um, But we're addicted. We're addicted to the rat race. We're addicted to the thoughts. Like you said about the ego, the ego has become so strong and and become its own, um, it's become its own culture. That it has a has a has a survival need. Right. It's the ego that's saying, "I need to live to be two hundred years old." Or to or, or, yeah, and it's immortal. the ego, um, the mind that just wants to 
keep trying to create solutions. Right. But the solution, part of the solution, I mean, it's a balance between what we call the zero and the one. Right. You have to understand, you have to be able to be out of the game to Mm -hmm. understand and start to manipulate the game or the movie of life. Right. And we're just, you know, we're talking about it now, um, but it's it's a process, right? It's not something that all of a sudden you have an epiphany and you have the answers to the nature of consciousness, the nature of reality. The yeah, and then you're enlightened and you're completely balanced and everything no, is perfect. No, your whole life journey is the answer and through this through uh and thanks to you and what you're doing and other people are doing to talk about these subjects and to discuss them we are consciously co-creating our own uh cultural uh awakening basically yeah yeah this yeah this conversation this program and the the new culture of of programs that we're all kind of involved in here this is sort of a this is um the transhumanists say that they want to have develop their own little sort of fork in the road and go this way and sort of what we're doing here is kind of another fork and going into a different right, direction and all these people that you you've talked to and you've had on are all tend to go towards this uh consciousness and the potentiality of the human species and what is it that we're capable of right without any robot parts right or taking vaccinations or or anything yeah Yeah. you don't need anything external everything is within you right i think it's interesting that some of the shadowy characters the nameless faceless people that we've alluded to uh throughout the talk um are also we we are led to understand or we can glean from looking at what available material there is uh are very much advocates of technology such as transhumanism yes um and as much as i enjoy um astronomy and the the fascinating possibilities that may lie out there in the solar system uh, they're very much advocates of uh moving beyond the earth the only way for the species to survive so th- there's a great there's, there's a venn diagram of these areas of interest here and it's just interesting to see who you find at the center of the web so to speak mm. mm-hmm. it's weird to me the whole thing of we need to leave the planet to save humanity when humanity is the planet yeah we're we're I'm- we've had <laughs> a, a we had uh the thought of that Humanity is like the brain cells of Gaia. Yeah, right. It, 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 and, and evolution is not a, a pretty process. Mother Nature is constantly fighting with herself internally and destroying herself um, so as to evolve herself. And we're doing the same thing. We're fighting with ourselves. We're fighting with the biosphere. And we're going through all kinds of different um, evolutionary possibilities um but the idea that we're not that we need to um to that that our future i mean just just imagine i mean um what would you do i mean you would go to mars is that the first next step for these guys you'd go to mars and then you'd live in some kind of bubble ter- terrarium and um 
really and then you would have robots doing trip. a lot of the all that when when it when like it's it like means. you're right now in the most perfect incredible terrarium that's already been built for you everything's just as you need it to be it's all given to you all of your nutrients are there you don't have to bring them with you everything is available it's like you're in paradise right now and you're pooping all over it and and and, and you know just toxifying it this is me talking to the elitists, to the billionaires, and you're talking about going to some other place because you have, uh, you know, you haven't actually destroyed the earth, but that's the direction you're going. And it's like, it's just, it's so incredibly immature. It's immature. It's, really immature. it's like an ego trip. It's, yeah. it's, it's like a massive ego trip. Yeah, it really is. It's just a massive, narcissistic ego trip and it's it's like um yeah it's just it's it's just and that's not to say that i mean look we're using the internet right now and have the laptop oh technology is great and and that's part of the human human process is to keep developing technology i mean maybe there is a technology entity coming online which will be part of the some AI entity might be, yes, it's true that there may really be an, another stage of group consciousness, this AI consciousness or whatever, but it won't make humanity obsolete. It, it just doesn't do that. It's just kind of like the human being didn't make the uh, eukaryotic cells obsolete. They didn't make complex molecules obsolete molecules did not make atoms and subatomic particles obsolete they just incorporated each other Yeah, so it's like we're stacked technology we still are operating a lot like monkeys right we haven't like gotten rid of any of our animal parts of our nature we're kind of like 98 percent monkeys they're still in there so even if this ai situation uh this technology entity come online um i don't think uh at this point it seems like the potentiality of the human uh psycho spiritual physical um entity that we are has just begun no i I think some of the transhumanist and some of the ai um, enthusiasts and advocates they may have intuited something about human evolution in future but there it feels like they're trying to jump the gun they're trying to (laughs) press you know they're trying to maybe press the escape button before we need to Uh, because i I remember many years ago reading um childhood's end by arthur c Clarke. And to, in a nutshell, the evolution of humanity in that book, they, we cease to become physical bodies. Basically, right. the human species ceases to become physical, loses its corporeal manifestation, and merges with the ur-mind. Uh Sounds very right. sinister to a lot of people, but there, there may be that may be a part of a journey where we return from whence we came, because after all, our physical bodies. Uh, we know they decay and break down. Uh, you know, that ripple goes back into the stream again. So maybe these, the AI transhumanist people have kind of, they intuit something about it. But as you say, if it's done against a background of trashing the planet, panic and oh my God, what are we going to do? Everything's going to hell in a handcart. Uh, that's, that's fear. That's, yeah. that's stress. And that's not a good 
mindset from which to make really important decisions. So I think saying let's go to Mars because Earth Earth is on fire, that's not a strong position to to decide anything from. No, and the people that are saying that really don't they I mean it's like there's there's so many um there's well, so many like, directions that they they have any it's kind of like they're so externally focused. Well, they don't have any internal focus at all. Yeah, like Elon Musk, he's a perfect example of somebody yeah. who should do some deep shadow work. He yeah. comes from an extremely traumatic background. His father it seems like he could be possibly sociopathic, psychopathic. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, so some of these people may not be psychopaths themselves, but they could have massive amounts of unresolved trauma or you know i mean they may be geniuses but they're so ex- and this is kind of part of our age though is this is kind of just part of the development of the the left brain and all of the or the however you want to put it this um sort of our our rational cognitive functions um it's 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 very ex- it's very exoteric it's 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 concerned with stuff and it's concerned with manipulating nature and it's kind of just the the path that that the West has been on, and uh, and now it's now it's global. But the past civilization, I should say, that's what it is, is has been on. It, it is about it's about external action, and it's sort of like the, the, there's a huge blind spot of 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 the the. It's like everyone. It's like all all these 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 scientists and people are looking at the movie of life. And they're not turning it around and saying, well, what is the projector? What's going on in the projector that's projecting this movie? There's these films that are running through the projector. There's these stories, these narratives that are running through the projector. What are the, what are the processes of the human psyche that are, that are, that is creating the reality that we see and that we feel that we need to manipulate. They're not turning it around. They're not looking at consciousness. They're not looking at the source of their perceptions. They're not looking at the archetypal source of their own projections of what they see is the future and our destiny. And they're just not looking at any of that stuff. So they're really very unconscious. And it's like, okay, you know, you think that we need to go to Mars or we need to, you know, whatever. But it really just looks like you have a lot of work to do. And um, uh, it's kind of like just makes me want to say just just stay away from me. But I kind of can't do that because... They're having an effect, like, right now yeah, on it, our lives. I would like to say, you know, Bill Gates and the World Health Organization and all this kind of stuff, if you think that there's a problem with viruses and all of this and you think that there needs to be a quarantine, well, go ahead and quarantine yourself. You can do that and leave me the hell alone. But it's kind of like we're all in this together. That's not working. I can't isolate myself from the creepazoids. They're just going to come infect me wherever I go. Right. So, <laughs> Well, it's childish. I mean, you said, you know, ages ago in this discussion that it was childish. And that was the message of uh, Clark's book, you know, implicit in the title. Mm. childhood's end you know it's time for right. us to grow up many people yep. have said that in, in evolutionary terms we're as a species we behave like petulant teenagers yeah. and mm-hmm. all of these technologies it's like giving a toddler chainsaw in yeah. many ways and yeah. ex- expecting good to come from that yeah and 
and then again, reflecting on what we were talking about a few moments ago, the idea that we would think that we'd got to metaphorical age 13 and we're like, you know, yeah, we're, we're, tra- we're, we're trapping our bedroom and we're kind of, you know, <laughs> we've, we've smashed the mirror because we've got loads of zits and we don't want to look at ourselves. And, <laughs> there it is. and we're, we're then, that we're then going to do what some teenagers do, which is go, Oh my God, you know, Oh, woe is me and kill themselves because right. life is over and things can't possibly get any better when really life has barely begun, you know, and, and I see that all the time in, yeah. in the media and in politicians. I mean, you only have to look at the adversarial nature of politics um, mm-hmm. in in our uh, respective countries. You know, it is like kids just having a having a bun fight. It's pathetic, quite pathetic. It it came up a little while ago, and I thought I'd mention this. So we went to a party of, uh, about a month ago, and we don't usually hang out with people that are like so been uh, raised in academia, maybe a little younger in the tech industry, um, very greeny, progressive oriented oh, or, or just I would just say but, we, but, we, we tend to hang out with people that are red pilled also. Yeah, so right. and they we had we ended up getting into this uh, kind of an it, I didn't expect it to be an argument, but I we were talking about the potentiality and the evolution of the species and they were just they're on this apocalyptic archetype and this was before this virus took over and it almost to me what i saw with those people they were saying how disgusting humanity was and this is stuff that they're getting directly from the universities and yeah. stuff it's yeah. like all this postmodern university yeah postmodern university tech culture yeah. right and they they believe we're just it, that we're doomed right we're parasites on the earth and we need to be wiped out right and so they were running this um, apocalyptic archetype which there's i didn't realize that because then i started to look into it mm-hmm. um there's this in extinct rebellion oh, thing. oh what is it um, um, extinction re- extinction rebellion rebellion so there's people that are running this archetype of apocalypse and i believe as part of our movie of creating this virus thing right is that these may be those kinds of people, I mean, forgive me if somebody's listening to this who's into that, but um, that may be running this. Mm, it's a big influence, but look at our side. So we're also interested in the whole dystopian future and, right. the, and the red pill and the matrix and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. the evil controllers and all of that stuff. We're also sort of running this this apocalyptic archetype but ours is sort of on the on the we're kind of like we sort of identify as neo we wake up to the dystopian reality and then we individuate and become powerful enough to um not only survive but to thrive right right we're we see it as heroes we're we're sort of heroes inside of this of this dark machine world whereas other people see themselves as victims inside of this apocalyptic scenario that we're in so but, it's kind of like yeah and i can see that those kinds of people are tend to be the ones that are going along with yes. this 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. People who identify as uh, it, this kind of brings me also to a something I posted on Facebook when we talked about in our last podcast, which was um, uh, tyrant, hero, coward. Which one are you? And I just put that out there. And I mean, I I, I know, and a lot of some of the smarter people said all three. I'm a tyrant. I'm a hero, and I'm a coward. That's a good answer because I'm you know. Those are archetypes, and there's many more that are running through all of us. But I kind of just put that out there to just hit people. Which one do you identify with the most? And nobody really responded that they identified with the tyrant. But I could tell from the conversation that a lot of people had a very hard time identifying with the hero. And they said, well, you know... How could I be a hero? I'm just, you know, that's just so bombastic or narcissistic or whatever and, and this, that and the other. And from, from, from the point of view of the alchemist or the point of view of the one who's individuating, um, you know, you are, you are a hero, right? Yeah. That's, Cause you could be talking more about the hero as an archetype, as you just yeah. mentioned, like, like Joseph yeah. Campbell's, uh, you know, the yes. hero's journey, that idea. Right. It, 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 exactly, and so, and 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 one of the tricks is one of the one of the one of the things you have to do when you're when you're individuating is is that you do start to become um, you do start to connect with the with the hero in you, and you do start to become more empowered, and you do start to get some reclaim your power over your own shadow, and then. If in, at early stages of it, it can quote unquote go to your head. It can start to make you egoistic well, and narcissistic. Robert Moore talked about how if you're uh, connecting to a certain archetype, if you're not aware of what it is that you're connecting right. to this archetype, the archetype itself can take That's over it. you. It'll take you over. Right. And right. then you'll become uh, basically contaminated by the archetype or it can destroy you. Yeah, it'll run you and destroy you. And right. so and so, you, you, to identify with the hero, if you become overly identified with it and it goes to your head, so to speak, then it starts to run you and then it'll run you right off a cliff. And so... And, and people are, are very aware of that and people are inherently extremely powerful and they, they know, they intuit that they don't have control over their own power. They don't have control over their own shadow, their, their own shadow, their own, uh, you know, primate capacities and stuff. And to be a hero is a very, it's kind of a, a dangerous situation to be in. And, um, it also brings up uh, death again, right? It, yeah, to, because yeah. to be a real hero, you're going to go right into the dragon's yeah, cave. Exactly. So people have a very hard time identifying with the hero for a number of reasons. And it's easier to kind of just go back and go, well, I'm a victim. Or, um, or just kind of let those programs sort of just run unconsciously under the surface without actually pulling them out and going, well, how do I feel about my own tyrannical nature? How do I feel about my own heroism? Where am I? What's my relationship to my heroism? What's my relationship to the victim in me? You know, what, wh where am I with that? And I would say that in, in, it's in moments like this that we're in now where I say a little bit of identification with the hero is a good thing right now. And mm -hmm. Robert Elmore also said that is that, um, 
you know, a little bit of identification with the archetype that's coming through you, that's feeding you, that is saying, I need to be let loose here. I'm, I'm, I'm empowering you and let me loose. A little bit of identification with that is going to help you. It's going to be a shot in the arm. You're going to need that to, 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 to kind of get the strength to get up off your ass and do something. Right. A little bit of identification with the hero or the warrior in times like this is going to be good for or you. Or the magician. Yeah, or, yeah, that's... whatever it is that's coming through you that's saying, I need to speak. I need to be let loose. Well, right. if you, yeah, if you, you allow that we are all of those things, as you said, to different degrees yeah. and will be, will be more or less those things in different situations. Even if it's unrealistic, but if you then, as you, some people assumed you were trying to do with your post, you know, choose one. Mm-hmm. And you said, you know, people had a real hard time identifying with tyrant. Well, yeah, cause you know, you go, well, I'm not a tyrant, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you got to choose one and they're going to have an equally hard time. I would hope with coward because there's nothing good about that. You know, they didn't, they didn't seem to oppose that one. I didn't oh, see any opposition to that okay, one. Okay. Well, you could say, Oh, amatist. No, let's just say coward. And then if you say victim, if you want to be 100% any of these things, what, where do you end up settling? Because the, the four or five, uh, <laughs> four or five choices we've given yeah. as, as awkward and, and as uncomfortable as hero might, the idea of that might make many people feel it kind of becomes the only viable thing, doesn't it really? So, that, okay, don't make that a hundred percent. You know, you don't, these aren't binary choices. Right. But let me phrase it another way. What will you, what would you mostly be yeah, most of the time? Saying. Would you like to be saying. mostly a coward? You know? Yeah. So no. But, so, ask, but, it, but like in anything, whatever your life's calling is, it's going to require heroism. If you decide you want to start, like we just started doing a podcast. We're like on number 13, right? And everyone has a podcast right now. Right. And so it's like you go into something like that and you start to get pushback. The first pushback is I don't like my voice. I don't like the way I look. I don't like my production style. And you get all that kind of nitpicking starts to happen and all of that. And then you start to run out of ideas and maybe I'm not smart enough and maybe I need to read more. And then you start interviewing people and you're like, "Ah, I don't know if anyone wants to be interviewed by me or who's going to want to come on my program. And you just go through this. And then as you get deeper into it, like where you are at this point, then you're just like, okay, uh, you know, I've, I've exhausted a lot of, uh, of possibilities here. How do I keep going? How do I keep reinventing myself? And you just to stick with something like that, even just, just making a, a radio program or a podcast or whatever it is, well, whatever to stick it with is, it and just to keep excelling be, at it, whatever it is. It could be it's heroic. It could it be takes, homeschooling your kids. It could be homeschooling your, your kids, kids to keep through the whole time of garden. 18 years of yeah. schooling your kids Eating at home. better. Yeah, or gardening, exactly. What, any of these anything. things. I just use the podcast because I'm we're doing a podcast and you're doing a program and it's like, you know all the difficulties me, in this. For me, I have to do a solo performance, and yeah. I'm going to take it on the street yeah. because there's no venues to right. play at. Right. And we were going to go to Europe. All the festivals mm. were everything's canceled. Everything was canceled. We were yeah. going to leave my, this My weekend. band's tour was canceled. Everything was canceled. But 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 just what <laughs> so I just just to finish my point is this just the, is whatever it is that's coming through you that says I you know. It says create, create, create. Whatever it is that's coming through you, 
you're just going to run into wall after wall after wall after wall, and you say, boom, boom, you got to just bust through everyone and all of the self-deprecating thoughts and everything. You just got to keep busting through. And no matter what it is that you're doing that's creative, it's going to be a heroic journey, or you're working on yourself, or you're working on your relationship. It's going to take you to the brink of destruction over and over and over again. And that you just got to get comfortable with that. And you got to be able to, I mean, any artist has to deal with these ebbs and flows of creativity and you have to be able to hang with it. Yeah, I would expect in the coming uh, years that you really, really are going to need to develop uh, the capacity to experience chaos. Yes. And to be able to use the chaos, use this external virus, use whatever comes your way as a way to get stronger. Yes. Uh, more in touch with your, your bliss, your passion, what yeah. it is that's most important to you. Yes. And just keep using it as your own path of evolution. Yeah, yeah. The hero has to be able to handle chaos and to be able to handle defeat. I just think being a human being on this planet right now requires to connect with the hero. Yeah, which which is which is connected in in Robert Moore's system, you know, to the warrior. Right. right. To be able to warrior up is what you've been saying. Yeah, I, I keep having that phrase, warrior up. Yeah, it's time to warrior up. Well, I think, guys, <laughs> th- that could be an excellent point, really, in which to draw things to a close for today. Yep. As you've been pointing out, heroism takes many different forms. Yes. Uh, but at this point in history, where we are in the human journey, I will say what heroism is not is going against the, the voice that's screaming inside you about what you know you need to do, what you need to say, where you need to be, what you need yeah. to do, what you need to manifest, what you need to become. And right. if you're lying in bed at night silently weeping because you, you're not living your purpose, it's okay, right. but just resolve to change that. And no matter what else is going on around you, that's there. This is all a challenge for us, but we're not supposed to supposed to move through what we're facing now and there's there's something better on the other side this isn't like a one of the the theory of evolution uh punctuated equilibrium this is almost like a punctuation point in a way and people have been saying this particularly since the turn of the millennium as a species we are being urged to evolve or die and i mm-hmm. think this is another prod in the ass for us is like yeah come on you know, yeah, and it's that's what we're trying to do. And we, if we don't move together, then you know, collectively we feel because ultimately, as as separate as we feel, oftentimes we are part of one entity. Um, but it doesn't take the whole entity to mm. to move at the same time to drive the mm-hmm. species. I've said this in a few interviews recently. It only takes the the you know the the one percent the 5%, whatever it is, yes, you know, and if you've never thought of yourself as part of that, you know, anybody listening to this, you are. So yeah. now is the time to move. Don't wait because if you do, it'll, it'll, you'll wake up one morning. It'll, it'll be too late. 
Yeah, it's right, exactly, exactly what you said about the very small percentage. All it takes is 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 one or two percent to poke a hole in the um in the in the in the in the narratives that are are leading us away from our destiny. And you just gotta poke a hole in those things and let those things crumble. And then you don't really have to, it's not our individual jobs to remake the world. That's not our job. It's, it's our job to remake ourselves. And it's our job to get the whole collective going in the right direction. But however we interpret that, but as far as like the, you know, the one or the two or the five percent or whatever it is, all we really have to do is kind of just collapse to some degree the parasitic narratives and, um, then just allow the rest of the, the body politic to kind of reorganize itself, uh, in, in a little bit, in, in, to evolve a little bit from that. It's like the, it's when it's okay to be destructive. It's okay to destroy something that is, it's like when a relationship is become so parasitic and destructive that you have to destroy the relationship to evolve. And that's kind of where we are in terms of the, 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 the parasite host or the victim victor kind of relationship that we have with the establishment. It's kind of like, that's a really nasty kind of relationship that's going on. We may not know exactly how well we'll fare without them, but we kind of have to let go of them and just, I mean, in, in really as every way we can just start to unplug from the establishment narratives and just allow that balloon to just kind of shrivel up. And well, I, I think everyone has their own way of doing that. There are people that, that have the capacity to, uh, put online new systems in every facet of our life. Yeah. Um, and so the idea is to do this individuation work so you can find out what your part, yeah. your perfect life art is on right. this planet now and be able to implement that in your, in yourself, in your family, in your relationships, in your community, and then out in the world. And everyone has their part in this. Before we sign off, you guys, as you mentioned a few minutes ago, you've been, you've started a new podcast series. Uh, your book we mentioned at the top of the hour, that's still available in print and digital. And you've got right. various websites. So either or both of you, before we sign off, throw out everything you would like to share with listeners. Shadowtechalchemy.com will take you to, uh, you'll see, uh, links to the podcast. Um, you'll see, uh, the book, you can, like you said, you can get it in various forms. We even give away the PDF version for free. And how to do that is on the website. So shadowtechalchemy.com. And then we have our music. What's that one, Melissa? Uh, that is O1 Experience, but it's a 01experience.com. Right. And then also Colin started just a resource, uh, site 
for this particular virus, uh, just links uh, from his own uh, very discerning research, and it's fearnovirus.com. Exactly. There it is. Wonderful. Well, once again, Colin, Melissa, thank you so much for joining us again today on LegalizeFreedom.com. Thank you so much, Greg. It was great. It was a great conversation.